At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s, dance away with hip-hop beats, and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Breaking down every game every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. A warmer for the low. Welcome to Lovey Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. Got a tremendous podcast for you. It's in the second segment, we are going to be going out to the great country of Canada. And that's where we find a little bit of a first time gentleman, and hopefully not the last time he's going to be joining me. Josh Ingalls does a terrific job at covers covering the NHL, NFL, and most importantly for this time of year, the MLB. We're going to be chatting with him about a few games that we're going to be coming up today, the way that he's been taking a look at totals. We're going to be doing a little bit of modeling work as well. So we're going to have a nice wide-ranging chat with Josh. Looking forward to perhaps getting him back on after this as well because when he did the interview, he was terrific. So I am very excited about that. And we're going to talk a little Brewers as well. And then in the final segment, going to give you guys picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Friday as we touch them all. First things first, always love to be able to answer Twitter questions on this podcast. You've got one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GUnit underscore D1. Keep in mind, letters EM. Naming does not matter, size per usual. Please just send these into the timeline. The other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're both firing whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. By that five-star review, did not wind up getting in any Twitter questions today, but we wound up having ourselves a tremendous day of baseball on Thursday. So let's take a look back at it. Try to find some trends and try to get to know that he seems a little bit better. A game from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. The Milwaukee Brewers get the job done 5-4 to four with a four-run ninth inning against the San Diego Padres. Oh, boy, it is not going well for Taylor Rogers, a man that at this time about last week had a 0.50 ERA 
It's now a 327 as he gives up all four of those ninth inning runs about Chris Benoit giving up the last hit, but he put all those men on base. Shamanea, his good start winds up getting wasted. Gives up one run over the course of six innings, eight strikeouts. Robert Suarez, Luis Garcia, they both give you a score of setting in the four runs that the Brewers got in ninth inning on zero outs as the Padres missed opportunities. They wind up stranding 10 men on base. Jorge Alfaro was able to get a home run off Brent Suter and started the campaign as Adrian Don't Call Me Doogie Owls not a bad start. One run, give it up over the course of five innings. Suter gives up two runs in two innings. And then, hopefully I say this one correctly, Peter Strazelski. He winds coming in for two innings. He winds giving up a run in the process. So the Brewers, they save Josh Hader along with Devin Williams. And they wind up getting the job done. The Yankees, they play a pair against the Angels. And they get the job done in both of them. I believe that is now seven straight losses for the Angels. Six to one the final in game one as Joy Otani was out long for this game. Gives up three home runs, four runs in total over the course of three innings as DJ turned it up. LeMayu was able to get a home run off of Jonathan Diaz a little bit later. Fourth home run season, but the home runs off of Otani. Aaron Judge, league-leading 19th home run season. Glaber Torres is 10th. Matt Carpenter, his third. As Nestor Cortez on the other side. Seven scoreless innings for the New York Yankees. From there, you did have Diaz, who I mentioned earlier. He went four innings, giving up two runs. And, and Jose Quijada was able to give you a scoreless inning as well. And for the Angels... They just couldn't wind up bringing him in. One of ten with men in scoring position as for the Yankees. Clark Schmidt and Wandy Peralta combined to give you two innings. Giving up one run was Schmidt, but still very solid performance from the Yankees in Game 1. Offense wasn't able to get going in Game 2, but they did just enough to get the job done by a kind of 2-1 to one as you wound up having Jamison Tyon wind up taking a perfecto into the 8th inning. Couldn't wind up quite getting it, but 8 innings. For Tyon, gives up one run, two hits in total. That's what you need when you wind up pitching a doubleheader. Clay Holmes lowers the ZRA to a 0.35. He gets a scoreless setting for a save. And I mean, when Araldis Chapman is back, I think that Holmes should honestly stay the closer. He's been that good. And for the Yankees, they overcome going one of 12 to Ben in scoring position as Reed Detmers, not long for this game. Four and a third inning scoreless, but found himself in a lot of danger. Jimmy Hergett was able to give you a scoreless setting. Aaron Loop, Ryan Tapera. They combined for five outs out of the bullpen, but Oliver Ortega gives up two runs in a third of an inning before Archie Bradley gives you a pair of outs in the eighth inning. So the Yankees take that one. Speaking of New York teams, you wound up having the Mets go on the road against the Dodgers, and the Dodgers, after getting swept by the boopy Pittsburgh Pirates, they get it done in this one by kind of 2-0 to zero as the Mets just could not wind up getting anything generated on offense. For the Dodgers, Tony Gonsolin, very solid. Six scoreless settings for Sertor Gratterall, Danny Hudson, Craig Kimbrell. They all give you a scoreless setting in. For the Dodgers, you got to feel like this offense is going to be able to bust out a little bit more because even in this one, they go 2-14 of 14 with men in scoring position. Trey Turner down for what, by the way? Extends his hit streak. I believe it's on 25 games. It's Taiwan Walker. Not a bad start in this one. Gives up two runs over the course of five and two-thirds innings. From there, Jason Shreve and Colin Holderman combined for two and a third inning scoreless, but the Dodgers able to get back on track. The Atlanta Braves, they wind up taking it to the Colorado Rockies. 13-6 to a final. Ian Anderson gives up five runs in six innings, including a pair of bombs going deep for the Colorado Rockies. C.J. Crone, 14th home run season and 10th at Coors this season. Garrett Hampson is second of the campaign, but he's still able to get the win because the bullpen did their part. You did have Darren O'Day, Dylan Lee, both give you a scoreless inning, and then Asus Cruz comes in for an inning, giving up a run, but for the Atlanta Braves, two home runs in this one for Travis Arno, fifth and sixth of the campaign as he had six, count them, six RBI in this one, and for the Atlanta Braves, a team that entered coming in, hitting right around at 220 on the road. They just tattooed the Colorado Rockies as Austin Gomber got gombered up. He gives up both of those home runs 
Nine runs in total in five innings. Ty Block, the long guy, gives up four runs in three innings before Robert Stevenson puts out the fire and gives you a scoreless setting. But the Rockies now 23-28, and 28, and it's been a little bit of a rough patch for them. They were able to take one of those games in the double dip against the Miami Marlins, but certainly you were hoping for a little bit more out of Colorado in that one. You were probably hoping for a little bit more out of the St. Louis Cardinals as well as they don't get the job done against the Cubs. 7-5 to five the final as Matthew Liebertor, young guy who I think has a bright future, but probably got called up to the big leagues too soon in my opinion. Four runs give it up in three and a third innings, including three jacks in this one as Wilson Contreras, his ninth home run season. Frank Schwindel is seventh. Ian Happ, his sixth. Nick Wickeran has to come in for two and two-thirds innings from there. Giving up one run, TJ McFarlane was able to come in for one and third innings, but his rough season continues. Now a 765 ERA. He gives up two runs in the process before Cody Whitley gets two outs out of the bullpen. Harrison Bader was able to go deep in the ninth inning to make things a little bit interesting. That's off of Michael Givens, his fifth home run season for Givens. Gives up those two runs in an inning, but Keegan Thompson probably his worst outing of the year, and it's still been a solid year. Buck 99 ERA, five and a third innings. Gives up three runs. He now finds himself with a 6-0 record. So he's been impressive. Scott Efres, two scoreless settings. And then Michael Rucker was able to get a pair of outs out of the bullpen for the Cubs to be able to get another W. The Seattle Mariners wind up getting the job done against the Baltimore Orioles by a count of 7-6 as things went harebrained in the sixth inning as the two teams combined for seven runs. And for the Seattle Mariners, no home runs, but they go 6-16 of 16 with men in scoring position. Chris Flexen, you were hoping for a little bit more out of him. He gives up three runs over the course of five innings, but certainly did better than Matthew Festa, who wound up giving up three runs while getting just one out. Paul Seawald from there comes in for one and two-thirds inning scoreless. Andres Munoz was able to give you a scoreless inning, and then Diego Casio pitches a scoreless ninth and tenth inning as this game went to extras. As I've been saying that there might be a little bit of regression here with the Baltimore Orioles bullpen, and take a look at it, and they didn't do too bad in this one. Cianel Perez gives up a run while getting just one out. Joey Creeble he winds up leaving after getting no outs, but then from there, Dylan Tate and Brian Baker had his back. They combined for two and a third inning scoreless before Ode Lopez comes in. He has a pitch in the 8th inning, the ninth inning, and then into the 10th. Two and a third innings, giving up the unearned run that starts on second base in the 10th inning before Jordan Lyles. He wound up giving up five runs, four of which were earned in the start over the course of five innings. And for the Orioles, five of 17 with men in scoring position. So a little bit of an all-over-the-place game there. And it's been all over the place for Yon Adon for the Washington Nationals, except for one place, the winning column. 8 to 1. The DK Nation pick of the Reds winds up getting there as for Yohan Adon. He is now 1 and 9, and he has now made for the Washington Nationals thus far this season 11 starts. The Nationals are 1 and 10 in his starts. They have lost 9 of those games by 3 plus runs. He gives up 3 runs over the course of. He gives up 3 runs over the course of 5 and a third innings. That was all via a Joey Votto home run. Third home run season in the first inning. He did wind up having. From there, a pair of other bombs given up as Josh Rogers winds up allowing one to Kyle Farmer, his fifth home run season. Then Matt Reynolds was able to go deep. He gets his first of the campaign. That winds up coming off of Erasmo Ramirez and Ramirez. Gives up three runs in an inning. Rodgers, he gives up two runs in two-thirds of an inning before Paul Espinel puts out the fire. He gives you a scoreless inning, but for the Washington Nationals, not a lot doing. Josh Bell, lone run in the game. Solo shot off of Graham Ashcraft. His fifth home run season, and for Ashcraft, he's made three starts for the Reds. He's out 3-0. and He winds up giving up one run over the course of seven innings in this one. And for Ashcraft, he's given up three runs in his three starts. These are against the Nationals, the Toronto Blue Jays on the road, and the San Francisco Giants. From there, Art Warren was able to give you a scoreless signing along with Mr. Joel Kunal. So, a good showing for the Cincinnati Reds, who are now 15. 
15 and 10 ever since their 3 and 22 start. The Chicago White Sox, they wind up going on the road and they get clobbered by the Toronto Blue Jays. 8 to 3, the final Blue Jays now score four plus runs in each out of their last eight games as Johnny Cueto gives up four runs, three of which were earned over the course of six innings, including a bomb as Jasper Hernandez has been in a funk this year, gets a third home run of the season from there. He did wind up having a scoreless inning combined by Jimmy Lambert and Aaron Bummer. You wind up getting one out of Tanner Banks as well, but Rinaldo Lopez gets his ERA to a 450. He gives up four runs, doesn't wind up getting a single out in the eighth inning. And the White Sox, they got a trio of runs themselves in the eighth inning as Alec Manoa probably left in a little bit too long in this one. Seven and two-thirds innings. He does wind up giving up three runs, but still has a sub-two ERA overall for his career. Rogers center. Adam Simber from there gives you an out of the bullpen. And then Trent Thornton, a scoreless inning to be able to get the Toronto Blue Jays to the window. And for the Blue Jays, it's a bunch that all of a sudden they're looking at a seven-game win streak. So things are on the up and up for them. The Miami Marlins, they wind up being able to host the San Francisco Giants. And they get a 3-0 win. As Alex Wood, not a bad performance here. Gives up two runs in five and a third innings. Camilo Duvall gives up a run while getting two outs out of the bullpen before Sammy Long comes in for two scoreless innings. But nothing doing for the Giants. As you wind up having Sandy Alcantara be tremendous once again, now as a buck 81 ERA, seven scoreless settings. Stephen O'Kurt, Tanner Scott both give you a scoreless setting for the fish to be able to get it done out there. And then the Tampa Bay Rays, they go on the road. They take down the Walker, Texas Rangers by a count of three to one as just an amazing pitching performance here from Corey Kluber. One run give it up over the course of six innings. He did wind up allowing a solemn run to Marcus Simeon, his second of the season. So Marcus Simeon on pace to be able to give you, you've got two home runs in 50 games. So if you wind up doing the math, He's on pace for about six and a half home runs this season. Really worth the money there, but Jason Adam, Brooks Fraley are able to combine for a scoreless inning. Sean Armstrong, J.P. Fireisen, they also combine for a scoreless inning before Ryan Thompson gets a clean inning of his own. And for the Texas Rangers, bullpen was good. Garrett Richards, two scoreless innings. Brock Burke was able to give you two scoreless innings. Brett Martin, he winds up going for a scoreless inning as well, but... Taylor Hearn continues to be a hot mess for this team. Gives up three runs in four innings. Gave up six hits and four walks. So he's honestly lucky it wasn't worse than what it was. And for the Detroit Tigers, things could be better this season, but they seem to be on the up and up for them. Three to two, they wind up taking down the Minnesota Twins. This is the Detroit Tigers bunch. If you were taking a look at them just a few weeks ago, things were really looking bad as they were 13 and 26 a few weeks ago. So all of a sudden, they've been able to go 8 and 4 in their last 12 games as for the Twinkies. Chris Archer, longest start of the year. Five innings, gives up one run. Yohan Duran from there is able to give you two scoreless, but Emilio Pagan. It was a pagan for him as he wound up allowing a home run late in this game to Des Cameron. First home run of the campaign for him, Alex Fajardo. Continues to be steady Eddie for the Detroit Tigers. Five innings pitch, gives up two runs. This has pretty much been his MO ever since he got called up to the big leagues. Andrew Chafin, Jason Foley, they combined for two scoreless innings. Alex Lang, Gregory Soto, both a scoreless signing for a Tigers team that number two in the big leagues in terms of bullpen ERA as the Twins. They wind up going 0 of 8 with men in scoring position. So you take a look at what we're all getting in Major League Baseball right now. We're going to be laying this out a little bit later with Josh Ingles, but over the last seven days in Major League Baseball, we've been seeing things be relatively steady with regards to totals. 44 overs and 46 unders, nothing too harebrained there. And in the time span, underdogs 39 and 54. It's really been the bigger underdogs like we wound up seeing with the Pittsburgh Pirates in that series against the LA Dodgers that have been cashing. But if you take a look at 
things overall for the season. Still have right around 53% of games going under 377 to the under 336 to the over. So 52.9% of games, according to our good friends over there at Covers. And then if you're taking a look at underdogs, overall this year hitting at a 40.3% clip. Favorites are 449 and 303 straight up. But in terms of those 449 wins for favorites, they've only been able to cover the run line in 327 of them. So you've got 122 games thus far this season, which a favorite has won by approximately one run. So that's where we're seeing in Major League Baseball right now. And that's what we wound up seeing on Thursday. Now let's turn the page forward to Friday. Talk a little general handicapping and talk a little bit about a team that our good friend Josh Ingles likes in the Milwaukee Brewers. We're going to be doing that next right here on the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Dave Peterson, now a part of the Eason Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo play okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes ChumbaCasino.com. No by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening.
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Bring it every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. Great to have on our guest as Josh Ingles is doing great work over there at Covers, and he does a couple different sports for them. He does a great job all season long when it comes to the NHL. This is a time of year where he starts getting it cranked up with regards to the MLB as well, and then for all you football fans, when it comes to NFL season, Josh does a great job on that front as well. So great to have him aboard today and to be able to follow Josh on Twitter. That is at Covers and then an underscore after that, and then his name, Josh. And Josh, great to have you aboard. Thank you. G-Unit, happy Lou Gehrig Day. How are you, my friend? I am doing fantastic. Thank you so much for joining me, and I'm glad that you bring that up. One of the best 
out there as we, ironically enough, on Thursday did wind up seeing a doubleheader from the New York Yankees. And we did wind up seeing the Yankees get to Shohei Otani yesterday. And one thing that we've noticed with the Yankees is that they've been one of the constants on offense, which has been a little bit of a rarity this year. I think we both agree. Home run numbers are down. We've been seeing lower scoring games. Has that affected your handicapping at all? Because personally, with my numbers, I've had them shaded a little bit further down than from past years, just given the circumstances that have been surrounding this season with pitching, just really taking hold of things. Have you had to make similar adjustments? I'm actually in a good spot because I don't go so hard in April on total. So I kind of let the market set itself. And we've kind of seen that. I mean, home runs were 0.9 home runs per game in April, which was the lowest April it's ever been. But I mean, we're back up to 1.1. So we're seeing the hot weather come back to it. I think overs were hitting at 46% over the first 30 days of the season. And now over the last 30 days, it's about 52% for non-extra inning games. So we're seeing the market readjust to everything. So I don't think it's a huge deal. Runs in total obviously are down, especially over the last four seasons. But I think the market's pretty much caught up. And now we're getting humid and hot weather. So I think it's all systems go. I don't think we have to, personally, I think we don't have to shade too much. I think that time's already done. And to your point, I'm actually on the covers website right now as we're recording this. We're about midway through the Thursday games. Over the last seven days, 48 overs, 48 unders. So clearly the market doing a very good job of being able to see these totals right now. So seems like bookmakers have done a good job adjusting and being able to find some fair numbers. I do think that that's something that you want to do as well. When you do see a lot of unders, you got to figure, okay, Books are taking note like we wound up seeing first three weeks of the season. Nearly 60% of games were going under. You have to figure, okay, books are going to start to wind up bringing down these totals a little bit more. That's a good time to be able to take some overs. And then you've just got to try to take a look a little bit week to week. You don't want to be using like an NLBL approach when it comes to trends. But if you wind up seeing just a big giant run of unders, slash overs for a few days, you've got to figure that books are going to be taking note of this and they're going to be making their own adjustments as well. And I think that it would be very wise for betters to be taking note of some of these trends. Absolutely. I think that's a, that's a great idea and something that betters should be paying attention to, especially as our weather changes right now. And I think that's the biggest thing. Greg, you yourself are a model man, correct? Yep. I wind up setting my numbers on every game every day. Absolutely. I think it's the greatest thing. I think not enough people do that. And I think you're such a good bridge for the intermediate betters to people who want to get into modeling and stuff like that to show them stuff because not everybody wants to give away their model numbers and their edges and stuff like that. So it's really great to see. And I believe you're the only person who does it. And it really is a great thing. And I hate when people, I see you and people sometimes give flack one losing bet and Joe Schmo is on there one day complaining about a losing bet, but they don't know the value that you're bringing to the whole community. So for betters myself, I just want to thank you for what you do, Greg, and put your numbers out. It's really impressive, bud. I truly do appreciate it. And I always love hearing those good things because when it comes down to it, you always see like that one or two angry people that wind up coming at you. But you know that there's a lot of the, as they always call it, silent majority that they always do appreciate it as well. About 98, 99% of people on this earth are good people that they don't wind up throwing that slider. It's just the loud one or 2%, as I always say. And I think that that's really important just with regards to life in general. But that's just a personal approach. As we do have Josh Ingalls joining me right here on the podcast. Does a terrific job of being able to cover a little bit of everything over there at Covers. And Josh, 
I know that you're out there north of the border. And something that I wound up taking note of yesterday is that we wound up seeing another outburst with the Toronto Blue Jays. They wound up getting the eight runs yesterday against the Chicago White Sox. They've now been able to score four-plus runs in each of their last eight games. And now they're going to be opening up the series against the Minnesota Twins. Right now, we really don't know how to be able to bet this game because the <laughs> Twins have a doobie determined pitcher. So, I mean, if you have numbers on this game, that's great because at this point, I don't, as of right now, we don't have anything on it. But how are you gauging this Blue Jays team moving forward? Because about a week or so ago, they were the worst team in the league with regards to batting average with men in scoring position. You have yeah. figured that there would be progression there. And I think what we've seen out of the Blue Jays the last eight days might be them playing a tad bit over their heads. But I do think that what we've seen over the last week or so, a little bit more, I guess, got representative of what to expect out of this team moving forward rather than what we were seeing a bit earlier. Absolutely. It's just a perfect example of using such a large sample size to determine what the actual team is at the end of the year. Everyone tagged them as the, one of the best offenses in all of baseball coming in. They were pretty awful. I mean, Ramel Tapia is probably one of the worst hitters in baseball. He's still in that lineup. Chappie can't really – I think he's still hitting a buck 96 or yeah, something. Yeah, Matt Chapman's not good with that. <laughs> no, but, like, it will come together. And those numbers of running and scoring position, as you said, progression or regression to the positive side – it's it's all coming together. And like you said, it probably is unsustainable at this time. And they're probably not going to score another, What I think they pop four in the, the bottom of the eighth to, and keep going. But this is where they should be. So as a Blue Jays fan, it's still impressive that they were in a terrible funk offensively, especially with runners in scoring position. And they're still 10 games over 500 at 30 and 20 heading into their next game. So, I mean, the AL East is still a gauntlet like it is every season. But 10 games over 500 early in the season. The slump is kind of over. I wanted Alec Manoa right before the season. I thought he'd be the best dark horse Cy Young candidate. I go to get my future. And it was like 18 to 1 before he even threw a first pitch. So I, the, the market was way ahead of me on that. We're seeing quotes come out from Jay's players saying they know every day Alec Manoa steps on that mound that they're going to win. And to be that young and that confident on the mound, it's going to be so impressive what him and Kevin Gosman can do going forward. Yeah, Gosman and Manoa have both been absolutely terrific, both of these guys. Sub-2-6 ERAs for Gosman. He's just not allowing y- balls to go out of the yard. Two home runs given up in 61 innings and for Manoa. He's been just so amazing in Toronto. If you take out those starts that they wound up having in the state of New York last year due to the strange COVID situation, he's got a career sub-2 ERA in Toronto. So, Guy has been absolutely amazing with that regard. And Josh, I know that you've got a little bit of a play on Friday when it comes to my favorite team, the Milwaukee Brewers, being someone born and raised in the great state of Wisconsin. That was a team that I grew up rooting for. And this is going to be a heck of a pitching match. If you were talking about Alec Manoa and how great he's doing, how about two of the best National League pitchers that we're going to find? Joe Musgrove at his buck 86 ERA and 5-0 record. Corbin Burns at his buck 95 ERA. Certainly not representative of the 3-2 and two record, but the guy is getting punch-outs upon punch-outs. As of right now, we're finding the Brewers right around a minus-145 favorite. How are you taking a look at this one? Because I think that we are in for a terrific game. I mean, good thing about Milwaukee, obviously. Josh Hader hasn't pitched in two days. He also hasn't allowed a run since, what, July 28th? I looked at He's the number 10 betting favorite for the Cy Young. Defense and bullpen pitching. You obviously have one of the best rotations in baseball. I got them at 16 to 1 to win everything this year preseason 
because I didn't think any team would have an easier path to a title in the division as Milwaukee has this year. I mean, Yellick, he's swinging the bat a lot better than last year. That's for sure. But, I mean, Rowdy Telez is even getting to face lefties. So the lineup is a little better. Lorenzo Kane probably doesn't deserve as many at-bats as he has. But there is a lot to like in this Milwaukee team. And heading into, well, the Thursday night game, this is a massive game for both teams as we're running on a couple losing streaks on both sides. And Thursday they were a pick em, opened up minus 125, moved to a pick em, low total game. I like them. They're one of the best one-run scoring winning teams in all of baseball. I think they're 16-5 and five in one-run games this year. So they know how to win close games. They know how to close out games. Haters getting some rest. The middle of the order has some pop. Defensively, they're great. I mean, and this is a team that's leading the league in home runs. There's a lot to like Milwaukee. So I was a Toronto fan, got to talk nicely about them. I didn't know you're a Milwaukee fan. So there's a lot to like in Milwaukee. So the matchup itself, Thursday, getting Milwaukee as a pick is great value. Even looking at minus 140 to Burns. I mean, there's not much not to like with Milwaukee. I like everything about this team. Yep, and I take a look at the total that we're going to get on Friday at 7, and I have been one that I have been not wanting to take a lot of 7 or lowers under, but this is going to be an exception for me as we do have Josh Ingles of Coverage joining me on the podcast because you take a look at Corbin Burns, and right now he's got to be one of the front runners for the Cy Young Award. He's getting over 10 strikeouts per nine innings. His walks per nine rate is a sub-170. He's keeping everything in the yard. He has given up one or under fewer than four out of his last five games. But then you take a look at the flip side in Joe Musgrove, and this guy has been one of the most underrated good starters out there in the big leagues. He's given up two runs or fewer in terms of earned runs in every one of his starts this season. And I believe that he's the only pitcher in the big leagues that has made at least nine starts and completed at least six innings in every one of them. So he's a guy that you know what you're going to be able to get out of him. Yeah, I'm a better first and a stat man second. So sometimes when I just want to find out how good a pitcher's doing, you just go right to the future national Cy Young. Nailed it first. Corbin Burns, massive favorite right now. Greg, if you could nail the odds, what do you think Corbin Burns is right now for the Cy Young betting favorite? Plus 150. Plus 325. But, like, he's such a huge favorite over everybody else. Carlos Rodon is number two at plus 900. But then Joe Musgrove out of nowhere here in the four spot at 11 to one. So Friday night you're getting two of the four top four betting favorites in the Cy Young. And you know Milwaukee. They struggle versus left-handed pitching, but they rake right-handed pitching. So that's why we're seeing – I still think that's a little value. I bet your number, when you do your numbers, I bet there's still a little value there on the home side for Friday night's game. I set this right around a minus 140-ish personally, so I am going to be right in that neighborhood because I do think that we've got to give some credence to everything that Joe Musgrove has been able to do. Minus 140 would be towards the top of my value. I do see value with the Brewers at the minus 140 that you want to listing. I really wouldn't be willing to go too, too much north of that, but to your point, I also wound up taking the run line on this a whole heck of a lot higher than I typically would as well. Typically, you don't wind up having like a minus 140 plus and still have that run line at like a plus 150 like I think we should be seeing right here just because it is such a good pitching matchup and I think that there's going to be such few runs scored and it's one of those rare cases in which a six half to a seven I'd be taking a look at it under personally and Josh when it comes to everything that we are going to be getting on Friday is there any other games that you're going to be taking a look at when it comes to 
whether it be a betting perspective or you just want to kick back, see a team, see a pitcher, and just be able to gauge them a little bit more, perhaps for some futures, perhaps just for being able to ride them a little bit more towards the second half of the season. Anything really come to mind for you? So Friday is a day off for me. So that entails just trying to find some action, forcing some action. It's probably not the best betting strategy in the world, but I, I want to watch a game and, and get some money on it. So if I go on the over route, we were talking about it earlier. I didn't give you a, like a real good answer about handicapping overs. I went right to you and the model, but me myself trying to handicap totals. So I would wake up, find out what time I'm looking at. We're only seeing three games before 7 o'clock. So if I'm missing those, I'm getting the 7 o'clock in late batch. I'm going straight to the weather. That's the first thing I'm doing. Checking wind first. Checking heat and humidity second. Finding something in there. Work that way and then work my way back to the game. I think there's very few edges that we can have in baseball. Obviously, main weather thing Big wins are baked into the prices, but heat and humidity, not so much. So I really like, I know the rain's been running through the East Coast lately, so that's going to bring in some humidity on the East Coast. I'm really looking, I'm looking here, I'm looking here. I mean, right away, I see Houston at KC. Houston's hitting like 75% of their games to the under. I know people aren't huge trend people, but... That's kind of a red flag for me if I'm looking for the uh, looking for a nice little over to sit back on. The Boston Red Sox offense has kind of slowed down. Colorado is just always an inflated price, I find, at Coors Field. I might be with you. I might bust, just dig in. Padres, Brewers, the sevens, this over seven is plus 105. So we might even see a six and a half here. So I might get on the seven early and hit the under and just enjoy for the top Cy Young National League betting favorites. That's a great matchup. I really want to dig into that. And neither offense is really rolling right now. So if I'm sitting down and watching a game, I think that's it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This is going to be a tremendous one. Burns versus Musgrove, pair of guys with sub-two ERAs. And to your point as well, with Josh Hader being very rested the last few days, we're probably going to see him, Taylor Rogers. He had a little bit of a tough time with it with Pittsburgh, but also as the Dodgers about having a tough time with Pittsburgh as well, which I find to be very hilarious, but that should be an absolutely tremendous pitching matchup. And Josh, I know you're doing all sorts of great work over there at Covers. Not only do you do a tremendous job of being able to take a look at baseball, but I know that this time of year, hockey is in full swing. We've got the NHL playoffs going down, the most exciting games of the year, and legitimately even though i'm not much of a hockey better it is some of the best just sports action in general you're going to find all season long the stanley cup playoffs are absolutely magnificent and then on top of that i know that you do some great football work as well so love to get people at home know it's all on tap for you and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms appreciate it greg no so right now got every other day tuesday thursday saturday i'm sitting down with former nhl player and we're discussing player props banging out some Stanley Cup finals, Western Conference, Eastern Conference finals props. So it's nice to get that angle from a professional player. And he's a better too. That's It's tough to find both of those guys. So we're sitting down. We're spending 10 minutes on those days, and we're talking props. Uh, ran a good 3-0, 4.2 units two days ago. So we'll see how Thursday night goes. And then on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, I'm hosting a release show at Covers at 11 o'clock 
with Derek Cardi. I'm sure you're familiar with Derek Cardi and the Bad X yeah, projections, Greg. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So he's the man. His models are fantastic, and he's a great person just to message and talk about and increase your handicapping skills. I mean, we've been on a tough run, honestly, but I mean, we're closing ahead of the market every time. And at the end of the day, that's all you can hope for. So we'll have a release show with him Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday where he we're just beating opening odds at 11 o'clock. So that's really interesting. And then you find me on Twitter. I'm usually just betting on random stuff during the day. Got into some soccer today. I like some action, Greg. I know you're a high-volume guy yourself, too. Absolutely. It is always nice to be able to just have a afternoon worth of baseball, and then you wind up getting into the evening time. Hopefully, you've got a couple in the bag already, and then you can just go for profit from there. Sometimes it winds up being the exact opposite, and you do need some of those late games to hit. Sometimes it just doesn't go your Absolutely. way to the early part, but that's the beauty of betting because we're always going to have good days. We're always going to have bad days. But with that said, as long as you wind up just putting forth your best effort, as long as you're putting in the work, you're grabbing good numbers, things are going to be going your way. And sometimes you wind up getting good and bad luck, typically winds up ironing out through the course of a baseball season. And Josh always does amazing work when it comes to all the sports that he covers over there at Covers. And this was the first time getting him on the baseball podcast. And hopefully we'll be able to have him back on soon because he brought the goods today. Big thanks to Josh Ingles for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And coming up next, it is that time of the podcast. I give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Friday as we touch them all. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo play the wait is almost over get ready for the 2024 nfl season as the full schedule is announced every rivalry every rematch every rookie debut every game revealed the 2024 nfl schedule release presented by verizon coming in may live on nfl network espn2 and streaming on nfl plus terms and conditions apply to nfl plus visit nfl.com schedule release to learn more 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. 
Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. We're back here, lovely Las Vegas, for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. Was a pleasure to get Joe Ingles on the podcast. He's doing an absolutely amazing job over there at covers, covering the game of baseball, doing a tremendous job with the NHL. And once the NFL season comes along, he's going to be doing a great job on that front as well. So great to be able to get him on the podcast for the first time. Like I said, hopefully not the last time because he delivered the goods today. So big thanks to him for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast. I give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Friday as we... Touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that, as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at GUnit underscore D1. We are going to be going in the Las Vegas rotation order. This is where we go with the National League games first, then the American League games, and any interleague games. Those are going to be at the bottom, so that'll keep things all nice, neat, clean, and easy there. So, how about if we wind up beginning with this first National League game of 901-902 on the betting board? You've got yourself the Chicago Cubs. They're going to be playing us the St. Louis Cardinals. Miles Michaelis on the bump for the Cards, and Marcus Stroman is going to be on the bump for the Cubs. Cubs are finding themselves anywhere between minus 102 and minus 110. Meanwhile, with the Cardinals, anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110. So, darn near pick and price. No total up on this game because, well, with the Wrigley Field win, a lot of places like to hold off on posting up a number until they wind up seeing what it's going to be doing as I take a look at it right now. Appears as though the wind is going to be blowing in, and I'm seeing it right around about a little bit over 10 miles per hour, 12-ish, maybe 13 miles per hour. So, I am seeing the wind blowing in, and as a result, semi-total at a 7.2, which means that at 7 or less, I'll be looking at an over 7.5 or higher to the under, but with Miles Michaelis, wound up setting him as a minus 116 favorite. Michaelis has seen a little bit of regression recently. He did wind up giving up three plus runs at each out of his last three contests, including up giving up a six spots to the Milwaukee Brewers, but that said, you take a look at what Miles Michaelis has been able to do on the road. Buck 54 ERA in four starts, and what has been really impressive about Miles Michaelis, the command that he's had. Fewer than two walks per nine innings, not much of a swing and miss guy. He's only getting a little bit over six strikeouts per nine innings, but as induced off contact, opponents sitting at 226 off of him with five home runs. Marcus Stroman, that has really been the name of the game for him in his career. Right around 7.7-ish strikeouts per nine innings, and since Stroman wound up going off the injured list, he's been relatively solid giving up a combined four earned runs over the course of his last three starts, and he's given up four earned runs over the course of his last four. So after he had a rough start to the season, he's really been able to hone it in five walks over the course of his last five starts as well. He's given up right around 2.2 walks per nine, so he's been good. But that said, this is a Chicago Cubs bullpen that because now they're having to use up Keegan Thompson as a starter, it has really started to regress. Rowan Wick, Scott Efres, now they've got ERAs that are ballooning north of three. You just aren't able to get much out of Chris Martin and guys like that in general. And then you do take a look at this Cubs lineup, and you have quite a few guys that have been able to do a solid job of being able to get on base. Christopher Morrell, Wilson Contreras, along with Ian App, and Clint Frazier all have at least a 360 on base. Frazier starting to pick it up after he wound up beginning the year on the injured list. You don't necessarily have a ton of power outside of Pat Patrick Wisdom, who's been able to give you a double-digit amount of homers, and well, he's taking on an over 40% of his bats, so though Wilson Contreras, he's starting to pick it up, and then you take a look at the Cardinals, and Paul Goldschmidt wound up entering into yesterday, I believe, on a 23-game hit streak with a 425 on base. He has been tremendous. He is an MVP contender along with Buki Betts right now, but Tommy 
Edmond. He's got right around 350 on base. He, Alonso and Arenado, Juan Yepes, all hitting between about a 272 280. Brendan Donovan, he's been able to do a solid job hitting nearly a 300 as well. So these guys have been rock solid. And then I do take a look at this Cardinals bullpen. And he's been able to get some good production out of some unlikely sources. Andre Palanti has been able to be a good multi-inning guy for the team. Giovanni Gallegos has been a little bit up and down. But Ryan Elsley, he wanted giving up his first earned run like a week ago. This guy has been tremendous for them. Now you need a little bit more out of guys like Nick Whitgren and company, but I do have a little bit more faith here in the Cardinals bullpen, and I do like this Cardinals lineup a little bit more, which is why I wound up saying Michaelis as a minus 116 favorite, and like I said, with regards to the total, 7 or less looking over 7 half higher to the under 903 904 on the bank board. The San Francisco Giants at the road. They're facing off against the Miami Marlins. Eliezer Hernandez is going to be going for the Fish, and Alex Cobb is going to be going for the Giants. Giants between minus 137 and minus 145 favorites. Meanwhile, with the Fish. Anywhere between plus 120 and plus 132. 7.5 is your total. Over is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 125. The under is anywhere between minus 110 and a plus 105. And 7.5 total at an 8.3. I'm looking over. And the big reason why I'm looking over, Eliezer Hernandez is right now giving up some rockets. This is a man that has a home runs per nine rate that is north of two, and it's really close to two for the entirety of his career. This is not some sort of an outlier this season. 43 and two-thirds innings. He has given up 14 home runs, so it's actually closer to three right now. He's actually given up more home runs of walks this year. His walks per nine rate hovering right in that pocket of about 2.7, which is nothing too bad. He gets a couple swings and misses, but those home runs are just absolutely killing him, and it's both home and on the road. Meanwhile, you take a look at Alex Cobb, and this guy has just been inherently unlucky. His fielding independent is sub three, and he's got a 573 ERA. I mean, Murphy's Law has just hit this guy. He's got a 689 ERA on the road. He deserves much better than what he's got in terms of his ERA. Opponents are getting a 2 89 off of him, but I certainly do think that there's going to be some good luck coming his way, and for the Giants, it has been a shaky bullpen recently. You take a look at these guys, and you wind up having a very, very bad performance from Jarlin Garcia a few days ago. He, other than that performance against Philadelphia, Phillies has been solid, but Jose Alvarez has not been able to find it. Jake McGee, he's right now posting up an ERA that's nearly an ace. Eight, and then you take a look at the Miami Marlins, and Lewis Ed wound up having a bad series against the Colorado Rockies. You still have Anthony Bass, who's been able to do a solid job for this team, but Anthony Bender, he's got an ERA that's hovering right around at four. He's a little bit banged up at this point. Tommy Nance has been able to give you some good innings, but you do take a look at these two lineups, and the Giants have been able to do a very solid job of being a reach base. Jock Peterson has a double-digit amount of homers. He's been hitting right in the neighborhood of about a 270, and then from there, Tommy Lasell, Wilmer Flores are hitting a 250 for this bunch. Mikey Stremski, 400 on base for the team. Luis Gonzalez is hitting above a 300, so got a lot of guys providing for the team, and for the Miami Marlins, Jess Chislam, along with John Birdie, both of these guys hitting between about a 262 and 270. Chislam, he's been able to give you right around nine home runs. Avicio Garcia is off the injured list. He's starting to pick it up. He, Miguel Roas, Jacob Selling, starting between a 220 to a 230, but they've been playing better recently. Ode Soler, double-digit amount of homers. He's been starting to pick it up as well, but when it comes to Elias Hernandez, just giving up way too many deep shots. The Giants bullpen has been a little bit shaky. I think that they give up some runs as well, but I do think that the Giants able to hit some rockets off of Elias Hernandez. Semi-total at 8.3, so I'm looking over. With the Giants, I set them at a minus 138. I'm seeing minus 137s out there. That is the max I'm willing to lay at a minus 140. I would be trying to shop that around a little bit, and I would need at least a plus 137 to take a shot on the fish, so I would certainly need more of a plus price, but as of right now, looking to zone in on one of the minus 137s with the Giants and looking at the total over. 905-906 on the betting board. The Cincinnati Reds, yes, we are on the Cincinnati. He's on to playing goes to the Washington Nationals. 
Josiah Gray is going to be going for the Nets, and a Mike Miner hopes to not be a major disappointment for Cincinnati. Cincinnati is finding themselves anywhere between minus 123 and minus 128. Meanwhile, with the Nets, it's anywhere between plus 105 and plus 118. Your Toronto's game is signed in F over anywhere between minus 110 and minus 125, and the under that is anywhere between minus 110 and plus 105. And with the total, I did wind up setting it at a 9.7. I'm going to be taking a look at an over in this spot because Mike Miner, he is making his first start of the season. You have seen him give up quite a bit of contact here in recent years. You may recall he was actually in the Cy Young running a few seasons ago. That was back when he was with the Texas Rangers. Wound up having that very hot first half and ever since then things wound up shooting straight down the toilet bowl and this is going to be a really interesting case study with him because he did wind up making a few minor league rehab assignment starts with the Cincinnati Reds. Five in total. 6-11 ERA. His last one did look a little bit better but you can tell that he wasn't necessarily doing a great job out there and it wasn't the command. He only gave up one walk per nine innings but in those minor league rehab appearances he was giving up 10 hits per nine innings and you take a look back at him last season with the Kansas City Royals. He was giving up about a home run and a half per nine innings. His walks were never really too bad. His swing and miss stuff. It was nothing great. It was nothing terrible but he wound up posting up a 5.05 ERA ever since he wound up having the flash in the pan. He has not been too terrific and for Josiah Gray. It feels like he's really starting to put it together now. The Washington Nationals, their offense needs to put it together as well. I believe that they wound up having a 26-inning scoreless streak before Josh Bell went deep in the 7th inning yesterday, so that's a little bit of an issue, but you do take a look at this Washington Nationals team, and it's not like they don't have guys that are able to get on base. Keeper Ruiz, Cesar Hernandez, along with Mikel Franco are really between about a 265-ish and a 278-ish, so these guys have been rock solid. Juan Soto, it's only a 223. You need him to pick it up. 371 on base is solid, but hasn't been able to go deep much as well. Single digit amount of home runs to this point. Josh Bell, he's sitting above a 300, though. That's been good. Victor Robles has been able to reach base as well. And then you do take a look at the flip side for the Cincinnati Reds. You've had a couple guys struggle this season, Joey Votto and Nick Senzel, but Votto, since coming off the injury list, he's looked better. He wound up having a three-run shot yesterday. Mike Busakis struggling a little bit, but picking up the slack, you've got someone like an Albert Amora Jr. hitting above a 300. Matt Reynolds has been able to give you right around a 360 on base. Tyler Stevenson, he's been hitting nearly a 300. Kyle Farmer has four home runs over the course of the last 10 days, and both of these bullpens, relatively a hot mess. So whoever can wind up giving you more innings, that's going to be terrific for you because Carl Albert Jr. is not necessarily trustworthy along Steve C's check. I will say Tanner Rainey's been a little bit better this year for the Nationals, and then for the Reds, you do have Jeff Hoffman and Alexis Diaz. pair of guys with sub-3 ERAs, but Tony Santian, Hunter Strickland, Art Warren, these guys have not necessarily been too great, but you do take a look at Josiah Gray, who I was mentioning a little bit earlier, and he's pretty much been the most steady starter for this team. He's got five wins on the season, the 508 ERA. Certainly not what you're wanting to see. He's given up a little bit over two home runs per nine innings, walks per nine rate, that's right around four and a half, but he's getting a little bit over nine strikeouts per nine innings. He wound up having a great start this last time out against Colorado Rockies, giving up one run in five innings. So I do think that he's starting to form himself into a relatively solid starter. I think that he's going to wind up giving up some runs, but I just don't think that Mike Miner coming off the injured list is going to be able to give the length needed for the Reds. So wound up saying the Nats as a very small minus 112 favorite, going to be riding with the Nationals and going to be going with this total over 907-908 is the DK Nation pick as the Arizona Diamondbacks hit the road face off against the Pittsburgh Pirates. JT Brubaker is going to be going for the Buckos and Merrill Kelly is going to be on the bump for Arizona. Arizona anywhere between even money and as bad as minus 102, as high as a plus 107. And when it comes to Pittsburgh, you're going to be finding them in between minus 108 and minus 120 with 7.5 being
being your total, the over and the under, anywhere between even and minus 120. So, got your choice of juice there. And DK Nation pick is going to be on the Arizona Diamondbacks money line. I wound up saying them more in that neighborhood of about a minus 126 here because Merrill Kelly has been able to do a remarkable job for the Arizona Diamondbacks this season. 54 innings, has given up just three home runs. He does have a 367 ERA. He's been getting a tad bit unlucky. The swing and miss stuff right around eight strikeouts per nine innings. So he's been able to do a nice job being able to hold down the fort. Wound up having one cataclysmically bad start on the road against the LA Dodgers. And if you take that out of the fold, I mean, this is a guy that's staring at an ERA that's hovering right around at two. So he has been able to do a terrific job there. And the Pittsburgh Pirates, speaking of them going up against the Dodgers, they wound up being able to sweep them. And you got to wonder if there's going to be a little bit of a letdown factor because you do have a guy out there in JT Brubaker has not been too terrific this year. A 4.15 ERA He's given up only 5 home runs in 47 and 2 thirds innings. Last year, he was certainly given up the deep ball. 4.5 walks per 9 innings. That is a little bit troubling, but he's able to give you a little bit over 9 strikeouts per 9 innings, but you also take a look at both of these bullpens. They both rank in the bottom 10 in the big leagues in terms of ERA. The Pirates, frankly enough, have gotten all but 3 of their wins out of the bullpen, but with the Arizona Diamondbacks, what they do have is the element of the deep ball. This is a team that they're averaging right around 1.2 home runs per game. That's actually been one of the better marks out there in the big leagues. Now, as a collective, they're only hitting a 218, but they've had guys come back and have really been able to look solid. David Peralta, Ketel Marte, Dalton Varsho. All these guys are now hitting at least a 247 throw in there. Alec Thomas as well. And you Christian Walker, even though the batting average has not been there. He's hitting right around 213 home runs. He's been able to do a solid job there. Paven Smith seems to be coming along for the ride as well. So that's been helpful for this team. And then you do take a look at the Pittsburgh Pirates. And they were able to put a little bit of hurt on the LA Dodgers. But you have to wonder how much of it was them getting a tad bit lucky with clutch hitting. Michael Chavis has been able to hit a 300 for the team. You've got a pair of guys. And Brian Hayes, Ben Gamble getting on base gamble right around 350 on base Cabrian ace 290 average 380 on base but that said this is also a team that they've got 42 home runs in 49 games thus far this season that's one of the worst marks out there in the big leagues and they've had a little bit of a difficult time getting things going at home at home they're hitting at 229 as a collective with 18 home runs in 25 games so has been a little bit of an issue. Daniel Vogelback has been one of the main matchers for the team, and he has been dealing with quite a few injuries. Has not played in about a week or so. That is something that you don't want to have. And then you've got guys like Rodolfo Castro, Josh Van Meter that have not been able to get the job done. And then you take a look at both of these bullpens. You've got your trustworthy guys on both sides, like Joe Manette, Tipley, Ian Kennedy for the Arizona Diamondbacks, for the Pittsburgh Pirates, J.C. Young, along with David Bedard, have been able to do a solid job. But have a little bit more faith here in Merrill Kelly rather than J2 Burbaker, which is why I am going to be riding with the Arizona Diamondbacks in this spot, along with the fact that they are able to hit a couple more deep balls against a guy that, that in his career, Burbaker, has given up the long fly. So DK Nation pick here. It's going to be on the Arizona Diamondbacks, and I'm going to be taking a look at this total over as well. Semi-total at 8.7. Looking over, DK Nation pick on the Arizona Diamondbacks. Money line, 909-910 on the betting board. You've got the San Diego Padres in the road, facing off against the Milwaukee Brewers. One club in as I speak in an old English accent. Going to be going for the crew, and you've got Joe Musgrove, who's going to be on the bump for San Diego. San Diego is finding themselves as good as a plus 142, as bad as a plus 125 with the Brewers. You're going to be finding them as low as a minus 140. Seeing this go up as I do this, I'm now finding them as high as a minus 152. 6.5 to 7 is your total on the 6.5. The over is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. The under is anywhere between even a minus 105. Seeing a couple straight 7s out there as well. Those 7s have, unfortunately, 
100 juice of minus 125 and the over is plus 105. Even at six and a half, I still like the under here. Certainly liked it a little bit more with the seven. I wound up doing the interview a little bit earlier with Josh Ingles where we were finding a lot of minus 140 and total of sevens. We have seen some adjustment here. We are seeing this go down to six and a half and we're seeing the Brewers get up to a minus 150. I personally wound up taking the Brewers earlier at a minus 140, figuring that the number wouldn't be there. And yep, that is correct. I'm willing to lay personally up to a minus 146 with the Brewers. If you wind up missing the boat there, you might want to take a look at a run line if at all possible, though. I don't think that you should really lay minus 170 to minus 180 with the Padres on the run line. I certainly thought that we would see a little bit of a heftier run line, but I know we're finding the Brewers at a plus 155, which I think that that might be a little bit out of whack, but certainly want to be gauging this number. I would say, if at all possible, try to get like a minus 145 on the money line with Brewers to be able to have that added insurance because I think that this is going to be a lower scoring game. Joe Musgrove, he is the only pitcher in the big leagues that has won at least six innings in all nine of his starts. Buck 86 ERA, and he's been relatively consistent home to road. He's only given up four home runs this year in his nine starts, spanning over 58 innings and on the road. He's posted up an ERA of a buck 97, buck 73 at home, so this guy has been good home and road, and you take a look at Corbin Burns. I mean, this is a guy that's just mowing him down once again, nearly 11 strikeouts per nine innings. Opponents are up buck 77 off of him at home. A gasp. 270 ERA at home. I mean, that's just unacceptable right there. He's given up five home runs in 26 and two-thirds innings. I think a little bit of it is luck. And then you take a look at both of these lineups. And for the Padres, you really don't have guys outside of Manny Machado and Eric Cosmer being able to get on base for the team. The only other player in the starting lineup from yesterday that wound up leaving the game with above a 235 batting average, that'd be Jorge Alfaro. So that is a big, giant issue. Like, Luke Voigt needs to step it up. Trent Grisham sitting a buck 60. Jerickson Profar sitting at 230. He hasn't been able to go deep since the first few weeks of the season then for the Milwaukee Brewers. Hunter Renfro, Willie Adamas, both of these guys are dealing with injuries. So that means that you've got Christian Yelich, Luis Urias, along with Tyrone Taylor, Casanera, all in this fold. Jace Peterson as well, hitting between a 230 and a 242. Andrew McCutcheon has seen some regression as well. Roddy Tellez has been able to give you a double-digit amount of formers. He's hitting a 250, but he was really the only guy in the lineup that wanted to believe in the game that had a batting average above a 250. so that is a rough mark there with the Brewers. You've got Josh Hader along with Devin Williams, the ultimate one-two punch out there in baseball. Taylor Rogers had a little bit of a rough go of it against Pittsburgh Pirates, by and large. He's been able to do a solid job in the bullpen. Some of these guys like a Trevor Gotten company you don't necessarily trust, but you don't have to take into account as many of the ancillary pieces in the bullpen because both of these guys, you got to figure, are going to be able to go six strong for you. So with the Padres, you're able to narrow in on their trustworthy relievers. And for the Burrs, you're able to do the same there. And I have a little bit more faith in the duo of Hater and Burns rather than Rogers and Musgrove. So wound up saying the Burrs had a minus 146. We'll end away pretty much up to a minus 145 with them. And even though we've seen the Soto go from a 7 to a 6 half, so we'll be looking at the under 9, 11, 9, 12 on the bank board. The Atlanta Braves in the road to face off against the Colorado Rockies. Chad Cool is going to be going for the Rockies, and Matt Maxfried is going to be on the bump for Atlanta. Atlanta is finding themselves a very sizable favorite here. Going to be finding them in between a minus 164 and a minus 170. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at Colorado, you're going to be finding them in between plus 150 and plus 155. 11 to 11.5 is your total on the 11. Over is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. The under is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 105 on the 11.5. Under is minus 120, and the over is even. And when it comes to Colorado Rockies, I was willing to take a shot. As long as I was getting at least a plus 162. So we are not quite there yet, 
but we've exceeded the money line that I'd be willing to lay with the Atlanta Braves, so we wind up going to the run line, and right now with that Braves run line, you're finding it anywhere between a minus 110 to a minus 115. I'm willing to lay the minus 110 run line of the Braves. Wouldn't necessarily want to take a minus 115, but at a minus 110, I'd be willing to nibble here on the Atlanta Braves with Max Freed. He's been able to do an absolutely tremendous job for this team all season long. He wound up having two or three rough starts to begin the season, and ever since then, he has been able to lock in, and he's been able to deliver some good innings, giving up five home runs over the course of 61 innings, swinging him himself as there right around eight and a half straight costs per nine innings at the walks per nine, as right around 1.7, and then you take a look at Chad Cool, and this guy's been a little bit up and down this season, 356 ERA. Overall, has been a solid acquisition coming over from the Pirates, has pitched a little bit worse at home than on the road, but that's understandable, being at Coors Field. He's given up three home runs in 16 and a third innings at home, but really past that hasn't given up much else, but the problem with the Rockies is that they back him up with the deadline's bullpen out there in the big leagues. Robert Stevenson has not been good for the scene. Carlos Aceves has certainly has had his downer year. You've been able to get a little bit of something out of Alex Conway, but still not great in them for the Atlanta Braves. Tyler Mancic being on the injured list has hurt them. A.J. Minter has been able to do a solid job. Jackson Stevens as a multi-inning guy has been able to deliver some consistency, and Jesse Chavez is ERA starting to go downward, and you do take a look at this Atlanta Braves lineup, and you've had Austin Riley now be able to give you in the neighbor of 13 to 14 home runs. He's been able to do a very solid job of being a reach base for the team, right around a 260 batting average, and around Lagunia Jr. Coming back is big. He's in a 280, Dansby Swanson, Matt Olson, Alvon Travis Arno, Ozzy Albies. All these guys are in between about a 258 and a 265, including a 250-ish when it comes to Ozzy Albies. And then you take a look at the Colorado Rockies. This team is about 45 points better at home than they do on the road. Connor Joe, he's able to make this thing go. He's hitting well above a 300 at home. CJ Crone, out of his 13 home runs, nine of them have come at home, and he's hitting nearly a 400 at home. It's ridiculous. Randall Gritchick, Jose Iglesias have a good offseason acquisition for this team as well, so I do think that there's going to be runs on the board, but this is a good Atlanta Braves bullpen that's in the top 10 in terms of ERA. I do think that the Braves hitting sub-220 on the road is a little bit of an issue, and going to elevation, that does wind up mixing up with you a little bit, but this is game two for the Atlanta Braves in Colorado, so I have to take that into account a little bit less. Right now, I'm taking a look at the Atlanta Braves on a minus 110 run line, personally, and set my total at 10.3, so looking Braves minus 110 run line, and I'm going to be taking a look at this total under as we move on to 913 914 on the main board, the New York Mets. It's road face-off against the LA Dodgers. Tyler Anderson is going to be going for the Dodgers and Chris Bassett as the hook line and sinker for the Metropolitans. The Mets are finding themselves underdogs of between plus 135 and plus 145. Meanwhile, with the Dodgers, it's anywhere between minus 152 and minus 160. 8.5 is your total. Over and under, anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115 with the Dodgers. I made them a minus 128 favorite. I felt like they should be a favorite in this spot, but I think that we are really undermining what Chris Bassett is able to do. He has given up nine home runs at 59 innings thus far this season, but he's been a guy that has been very good at not allowing a lot of free passes throughout his career. He's on pace to give up right around three walks per nine innings this season. I do think that he's going to be able to hone it in, and he's given up pretty much the same ERA on the road as he has at home. 365 home ERA, 368 road ERA. Now, he has given up four bombs in 22 innings on the road. I think that, that he's been a little bit of a victim of bad luck, and you take a look at Tyler Anderson. 6-0 record, 290 ERA. He's actually been very good for LA, but he's got a 450 ERA at home. Compared to a buck 63 ERA on the road. I do think that that is going to wind up balancing itself out. Opponents overall are hitting about a 235 off of him, and he's not going to put you on cheaply. Tyler Anderson, right around 1.15 walks 
per nine innings, so he has been there. But when it comes to the LA Dodgers as well, this has been a lineup that has been a little bit shaky thus far. You've got Mookie Betts, who's been terrific. He's an MVP candidate. 16 home runs, hitting above a 300. He's been great. And then Trey Turner, Freddie Freeman, both hitting above a 290. And Turner, I believe, was riding a 24-game hit streak going into yesterday, but Will Smith is hitting like a 230 along. Justin Turner is starting to turn it around. Cody Bellinger is back in the fold after dealing with a little bit of an injury. He just hasn't been himself. The last two seasons, Gavin Lux is able to get on base for you, but other than Mookie Betts, the only other guy in the lineup yesterday with more than five home runs, that would be Edwin Rios. And then you take a look at the Mets. This is a team that's leading the league in infield singles. They're doing a great job of being able to play some small balls. Sterling Marte, Brandon Nimmo, you're able to throw in there. Pete Alonso, they're all hitting between a 284 and a 290. And for Pete Alonso, last year, he wound up leading the league in terms of home runs on the road. So this is a guy that, away from City Field, was able to get the job done. And then you take a look past that. Luis Galorme is hitting a 360 for the team. Marcana is hitting nearly a 300 as well. And this is a Mets bullpen that it's not necessarily too terrible. You would like to see a little bit more out of a few of these guys, like an Adam Adovino. You've had Jason Tree be a little bit up and down, but Drew Smith is able to give you some good innings. I think that Seth Lugo going to be able to figure it out as well. And for the LA Dodgers, they're right now really missing, in my opinion, Blake Tryon, who's been on the injured list for quite a while. Phil Bickford, that's a little bit of an underrated piece that they've been without, so they're needing to throw out their Caleb Ferguson. And Craig Kimbrell just has not been himself this year. He's got right around a 480 ERA. Should the Dodgers be a favorite here? Yes, I think that they went too far. And I do think that Chris Bassett has been a little bit of a victim of bad luck on some of these deep balls. I did wind up saying my total at a 7.7 as a result. I'm looking under, and I'm looking at the Mets with a plus price. 9.15, on the bank board. The Cleveland Guardians at the road. They're facing up against the Baltimore Orioles. Bruce Zimmerman with two ends on Zimmerman is going to be going for Baltimore. Shane Bieber fever is going to be going for the Cleveland Guardians, and this is a game that is off board. Why? I don't know, but I've got my own handicap on this one as I want to make in the Guardians. Minus 151 on the money line, plus 113 if you're looking to lay a run in F and made my total a 7.8, which means 7.5 or less going to be looking at an over and 8 or higher going to be taking a look at an under. Now, with Shane Bieber, certainly is someone that has been down with regards to his swing and miss stuff. For a few years, he was getting right around 12 strikeouts per 9 innings. Been more around, say, 8.5 strikeouts per 9 innings this season, but still has been able to do a relatively solid job of being able to hold down the fort for the seam, giving up just four home runs over the course of 53 and two-thirds innings, and has been able to pick up a little bit of seam recently, and has been at his best on the road. His three home starts have really been his worst, because in his six road starts, 217 ERA has given up all four home runs on the road, but opponents starting at 239 off of him, he's been able to really keep control of the walks as well as walks per nine rate thus far this season, hovering in the neighbor of two and a half, and then you take a look at Bruce Zimmerman with two ends on Zimmerman, and it's been much better at home this year. 324 home ERA, 574 road ERA, the dimensions at Camden Yards have really been favorable for him as he's given up just one home run in 25 innings. It's been probably a little bit lucky considering his opponent's batting average on the road is a 320 compared to a 247 at home, and you take a look at the Guardians. This bunch has been able to do a very solid job of being able to reach base with Jose Ramirez currently leading the league in RBI. 52 RBI, 13 home runs. He's been able to do an absolutely masterful job for the team, and outside of him, Andre Semenes sitting at 300. You've got a guy that has been seeing some at-bats, Oscar Gonzalez hitting at 360. Owen Miller, Josh Naylor, along with Stephen Kwan, have been able to reach base. Miller and Naylor hitting above a 270. Kwan 
360 on base and Miles Straw. Nine stolen bases have been solved for this team and for the Baltimore Orioles. You do have a bunch that all of a sudden they've been able to do a good job of just being able to whack the ball as both teams in that game yesterday were able to reach six runs between the Mariners and the Orioles within the first six innings. But you do take a look at the top of it. Trey Boomer, Mancini, Austin, the Sayers kid. Both of these guys hitting above a three iron. The home run power has not necessarily been there for this team this year, but Ryan Mountcastle, nine to get 260 for this team. Cedric Mullins is starting to pick it up as well. And even Renato Dora has been able to give you a couple home runs. He's starting to get on base. So that's been big. Adley Rushman has been a little bit of Buster Rooney for the team, but for the Baltimore Orioles as well. I do think that you're going to see more regression with regards to this bullpen. CNL Perez, he's got a bucko ADRA. That is going to be going up. Joey Kreeble has been posting up a sub-3 ERA. I'd like Felix Batista, but I don't think that this is necessarily sustainable. And for the Guardians, Emmanuel Classe, one of the most just nasty relievers out there in the big leagues. You've been able to get some good production out of a guy like a Trevor Steven. You've been able to have some solid innings as well from Sam Hentages out of the bullpen as well. So I did wind up making the Cleveland Guardians a minus-151 favorite. And like I said, with regards to the total, 7 after Less looking over eight or higher, going to be taking a look at an under. 917, 918 on the bang board. The Detroit Tigers hit the road. They're facing off against the New York Yankees. Garrett Cole is going to be going for the Yankees, and Elvin Rodriguez is going to be on the bump for Detroit. Detroit has signed themselves very sizable underdogs. Anywhere between plus 270, seeing side to plus 297 at circa. And for the Yankees, you're finding them anywhere between minus 330, and I'm now seeing a size of minus 350. Your total on this game is eight. Under is anywhere between minus 10 and minus 115. The over is anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110. I needed at least a plus 268 to take a shot on Tigers, seeing the plus 297 at Circa, and I don't think that this is going to be going too far down. I'm going to be willing to take a shot here on the Tigers. You may recall Garrett Cole's last start against the Detroit Tigers. That was the time in which he did not wind up being able to make it out of the second inning. It was cataclysmically bad. Now, a lot of that was due to command, not necessarily the Tigers ripping the cover off the ball, but he wound up going one and two-thirds innings, and then the bullpen had to bail him out. He wound up only getting five outs. The bullpen wound up getting, if I wind up doing my math correctly, the final 22 outs of that contest. I don't think that you can rely upon that once again. Now, you take a look at what Cole wound up doing in the month of May, and he looked relatively solid. A 321 ERA, three home runs given up in 33 and a third innings, but it doesn't scream out to me a guy that should be priced quite this high. He's lost a little bit of his abilities ever since they wound up taking away the sticky stuff, so his spidey senses are tingling. Meanwhile, Alvin Rodriguez, he has made a few starts for the team. He's given up a combined four runs over the course of nine innings. That was on the road against the Twins and against the Cleveland Guardians, so not necessarily the world's greatest lineups, but certainly far from terrible lineups, and able to get a little bit of swing and miss in that. Eight punch outs at the minor league level. Did have a little bit of an issue with command, but certainly someone that he does have some electrifying stuff. The big thing for Elvin Rodriguez, get through four, maybe five innings, and turn it over to a Tigers bullpen that has been nothing short of fantastic. They've now got Will Vest in the fold. He, along with Gregory Soto, you're able to throw in there Alex Lang. All these guys have a sub-2 ERA now. You did wind up having Lang get used up for 21 pitches yesterday. That is a little bit of an issue on Soto. He was used, but only for 11 pitches, so you you could conceivably wind up bringing him back, but would not be surprised if someone like a Drew Carlton winds up perhaps getting an inning or two if he's going to be available in this game as he's been sort of their multi-inning guy. Michael Fulmer is someone that has been a starter in the past. He's got a sub-3 ERA, so got a lot of options out there with regards to this Tigers bullpen, and the big thing for the Tigers, being able to pick it up with the power. You don't have a single guy with more than five home runs thus far this season. As a matter of fact, you've got the Tigers as a collective with 30 home runs. Meanwhile, you've got Aaron Judge and Anthony Rizzo with a combined 
30 home runs entering into game two of their double dip yesterday. So that's very wild to take a look at as Judge has been absolutely terrific for the Seaman. Got a lot of guys are in sort of in that pocket of, I would say, about a 255 DJ LeMayhew, Glaber Torres, Isaiah Kinnair Falefa has been there, and Miguel Anduar. Ever since coming back, he's been able to get on base for the team. John Carlos Stanton being banged up, and it's not necessarily been too terrific for this Yankees team, so that's a little bit of an issue, but it is still a very good Yankees lineup, even with Matt Carpenter in there. But with the Yankees, they're a little bit depleted when it comes to the bullpen. They've been dealing with an injury to Roldis Chapman, Chad Green. He wound up undergoing Tommy John surgery, so his season's now over. Good news is they were able to get some very, very good length of James to tie on, and Clay Holmes has a sub-0.50 ERA. Wandy Peralta has a 2 ERA, but Jonathan Belizga has not been what they were hoping for this season. You wound up having Peralta, I mentioned a little bit earlier. He wound up throwing 26 pitches yesterday. Clark Schmidt wound up getting used up out of the bullpen as well, so that leaves you a little bit depleted there. Should the Yankees be a sizable favorite? Absolutely. Garrett Cole against Elvin Rodriguez. you got to be favoring Garrett Cole here. I was only willing to go up to a minus 268. Now that we're seeing numbers north of a plus 280, I'm willing to take a shot on Detroit and with Detroit, even though it is a team that you've got a lot of guys sitting at 220 or lower. Spencer Torkelson, Javi Baez, Jameer Candelario, Jonathan Scope. I do think that there's going to be a little bit of positive progression with them. I did wind up saying my total at 7.2, so I'm going to be taking a look at this subtle under, and I'm looking at the big plus price here with the Tigers. 919, 920 on the bank board. The Toronto Blue Jays going to be playing us to the Minnesota Twins. Chichi Gonzalez is going to be going for the Twins and Yusei Kikuchi. It's going to be on the bump for the Blue Jays. As of right now, this is a game that's off the board because many people were a little bit surprised, as I was, that Chichi Gonzalez is going to be getting the start in this spot. And you need to take a look at Chichi Gonzalez. And he wound up pitching a little bit at the minor league level earlier this year for the Minnesota Twins after last season. He was not necessarily so great. Why it was with the Colorado Rockies, as a matter of fact, he was never necessarily so great Why it was with the Colorado Rockies, so that is a little bit of an issue, and you take a look at it, and his walks rate has never necessarily been too bad. It's just a case which, at the minor league level, he's given up a little bit over 10 hits per 9 innings. He's backed up by a Minnesota Twins bullpen that it's not great, it's not terrible. You've got Yohan Duran, who is right now leading the league in terms of pitches that are 100-plus miles per hour. You've been able to get some relatively solid production out of someone like Emilio Pagan, though. You always have to fear the deep ball with him. Juan Manaya is back. He hasn't necessarily been too terrific for the scene, but Joe Smith has been able to come through, though there has been a little bit of regression there, and for Yusei Kikuchi, the big thing for him was walks at the beginning of the season. He's still registering right around five walks per nine innings, but he's been able to do a good job of being able to hold it down a little bit more recently. 11 walks over the course of his last five starts. He'd like to see it a little bit lower, but in that time span, he has given up a combined seven runs in those starts, including two against the Yankees, one on the road against the LA Angels, so he has been masterful for this team as of late. You take a look at Kikuchi, and at home, he's posting up a 332 ERA. Two home runs give it up in 19 innings with opponents taking a buck 54 off of him. He is backed up by a bullpen that, shall we say, is a little bit shaky. Trevor Richards has not been able to do the job for the team. Julia Merriweather, he's posting up a north of a 7 ERA. Emi Garcia, Adam Simber, they've been a little bit better recently, but the big thing for this Blue Jays team is that they scored four plus runs and now each out of their last eight games. This is the Blue Jays offense that we've come to expect as Teoscar Hernandez wound up going deep yesterday. He's now above the Mendoza line of 200. you got to figure that's going to continue to go upward. You've got Vlagero Jr., Bobachet, both hitting right around 250 along with Remy El Tapia. I don't know if Tapia is going to be able to improve, but Guerrero and Bouchette, I expect a little bit more of them. Alejandro Kirk is now hitting a 300 for this team. George Springer has been getting the last few days off, and he's a big cog for this team as well. And then you take a look at the flip side. 
for the Minnesota Twins, and Byron Buxton just has not been himself this year. Ever since he wanted to deal with a couple of ailments, he's been hitting right around the Mendoza line of a 200. That is a big, giant issue for the team. Meanwhile, Trevor Larnish having a 361 on base. That's solid. You've got Nick Gordon, Gio Urshela, a pair of guys during between about a 255 to a 270. Max Kepler is back after he wanted missing a little bit of time, and Luis Rice, 430 on base, has been absolutely masterful, but that said, with Chichi Gonzalez going, that to set the Minnesota Twins as quite a bit of an underdog. They're probably going to be looking to Griffin Jacks being able to give this team a little bit of length as well. He's been relatively solid out of the bullpen, but with the Blue Jays, was willing to set them as a minus 157 favorite in this spot, and maybe by total an 8.8, an 8 or less, going to be looking at an over, and an 8.5 or less, looking at an over, 9 or higher, going to be taking a look at an under, 921-922 on the bank board. The Tampa Bay Rays are going to be playing with the Chicago White Sox. Vince Velasquez is going to be going for the Sox, and Shane McClanahan is going to be on the bump for the Rays. The Rays are finding themselves as a relatively sizable favorite here. Find them anywhere between minus 185 and minus $2. Meanwhile, your plus price with Chicago, you're going to be getting it anywhere between plus 170 and plus 180 with your total of 7 over is minus 120 and the under is even. And I'm seeing the Rays in a lot of spots right around a pick them even as high as a plus 105 on the run line. And I'm going to be willing to ride that run line. Made the race minus 216 on the money line, but on the run line, more like a minus 123. And with Vince Velasquez, it's not necessarily the world's hardest thing to be able to get multiple run wins off of him because you take a look at him this year, 530 ERA, seven home runs, give it up in 35 and two-thirds innings. And you just take a look at the last two seasons in his overall road starts. I mean, this is a guy that has been really bad, giving up nearly three home runs per nine innings. His ERA is hovering right around a seven on the road the last two years. This guy has just been terrible. And then for Shane Clanahan, he's been terribly good. 201 ERA. He's given up right around 1.1 home runs per nine innings, but you just take a look at the way this guy has been able to dominate all season long. It has been absolutely terrific. Opponents are hitting a buck 95 off of him. His strikeouts per nine rate is right around at 12, actually a little bit north of it. And for the Tampa Bay Rays, it's been an offense that has been a little bit light hitting recently. They were able to put up four runs a couple days ago, but that's because that game wound up going to 11 innings. So that's, there's a little bit of an asterisk on that one, but you still do have guys that are able to get on base. Wander Franco is currently on the injured list. He's dealing with an injury, but Harold Ramirez is able to two for the C-Man, Margot, a 383 on base. And then you've got G-Man Choi, Randy Orozarena, Francisco Mejia, Yandy Diaz, all in between about a 247 to a 266. Could use a little bit more pop in the bat with the seam, less than a home run per game. Mike Zanino, you got to figure it's going to be a big cog in that. But for the White Sox, they're dealing with an injury to Tim Anderson. He's currently on the injured list. That really puts them behind the eight ball. And you just take a look at the Chicago White Sox and what they wind up doing against right-handed pitching. Overall for the season, they've been hitting against righties about a 231. That's been a little bit of an issue for them. Now, I will say Jose Abreu, he's really been able to pick it up. Overall for the season, he's hitting a 250, but you do take a look at the last 15 days for him. He's hitting a 364, so this guy all of a sudden is in the zone. That is very good for the team, but that said, Andrew Vaughn, he's been able to hit right in that pocket of about a 275. He's been able to give you six home runs. He's been able to do a relatively solid job there, but got a lot of guys that have been relatively pedestrian. A.J. Pollock, Jake Berger, they haven't necessarily been what you've been wanting out of them. Gavin Sheets has been banged up all season long. He's come back. He's hitting right around 200. So, got your issues with regards to this White Sox lineup and with regards to bullpen. Revenge goes to the Rays. You've got Jason Adam, who has a sub-1 ERA right now. J.P. Fireisen, he has yet to give up a run all season long. Colin Pooch, Matt Weisler, these guys have been terrific. And 
For the White Sox, you have been able to get more recently out of Liam Hendricks, but he's only out there to be able to be the closer for the team. Jose Ruiz, Bennett Sosa, both of these guys posting up north of four ERAs. I like what I've seen out of someone like a Matt Foster, but Tanner Bakes has started to regress quite a bit as well. So this is a situation which I do find I'm saying my total an 8.1. I'm looking at the over because I think that Vince Velasquez going to give up enough runs to really do a lot of damage with regards to the total and with the Tampa Bay race. Going to be taking a look at them on the run line. 923-924 on the betting board. The Seattle Mariners hitting the road to face off against the Texas Rangers. Dane Dunning is going to hope to get her running for the Rangers and Logan Gilbert is going to be on the bump for Seattle. This is a game with no numbers, but I wound up setting the Mariners at a minus 120 and my total is 7.7, which means it's 7.5 or less looking over an 8 or higher to the under Logan Gilbert as regressed a little bit since he wound up having some very masterful starts to begin the season, but still 229 ERA. Five home runs, give it up in 59 innings. He's registering 9.1 strikeouts per nine innings. So he has certainly been there. And he's been better on the road than he has been at home. 204 road ERA, 266 home ERA. He has given up four home runs in 35 innings on the road, but opponents are earning just a buck 81 off of him. Meanwhile, take a look at Dane Dunning. And ever since he got to Texas, he's had some pretty demonstrative home and road splits. He's got an ERA that's more than two full points higher on the road than it is at home. So that is something to take a look at. Four home runs given up in 28 two-thirds innings at home, but opponents are only hitting a 224 off of them in Texas compared to a 295 on the road. And for the Rangers, bullpen has actually been very good for this team. Joe Barlow has been able to give you a sub-2 ERA. You've really been able to get some good production as well out of Brock Burke. A one ERA from him. John King, Matt Bush, along with Matt Moore. These guys have been able to give you sub-3-4 ERAs as well. And for the Seattle Mariners, it's been a little bit of a rough go of it in terms of their bullpen. Drew's second rider has actually been sent down to the minor leagues. Paul Seawald has been a little bit banged up. You've had some trials and tribulations when it comes to something like an Andres Munoz with a north of 5 ERA. Anthony Machevich has had an up and down year and Sergio Romo has submerged his ERA as well. But you do take a look at this Seattle Mariners team and the offense is certainly there as well as the nearly 350 batting average of Ty France. He has been amazing for this team. And Eugenio Suarez has been able to give you nine home runs right around a 305 on base for him. Jesse Winker more like a 320 on base. He's starting to pick it up. J.P. Crawford he's hitting a 300 and Julio Rodriguez over the last three days he's been able to hit above a 300 and then Tyrone Trammell who's come up to the big leagues he has been hitting above a 350. Meanwhile you take a look at the Texas Rangers and Marcus Simeon sitting right around 250 over the last three weeks but he's still stuck on one home run and is still hitting right around at 200. You just need more out of him. Corey Seager has been able to give you 11 home runs, but expected a little bit more out of a guy that you paid this much money to. He's hitting along with Adolis Garcia, Brad Miller, and Zach Reeks between a 225 and a 236. And then you've got Eli White, Andy Ibanez, Mitch Garver, all in between about a 215 to a 220. So that's been a big issue. Jonah Hyman has been able to get on base for the team. And the catcher spot in general has been solid. But I do take a look at this spot. And I do trust in the Mariners with Logan Gilbert a little bit more than Dunning along with this lineup. And when it comes to the total, do I am saying it has 7.7. So 7 after less looking over and an 8 or higher to the under with Seattle minus 120. 925, 926 on the main board. Kansas City Royals are going to be playing us to the Houston Astros. Jose Arikidi is going to be going for the Strohs and Brady Singer is on the bump for Kansas City. Kansas City's anywhere between plus 114 and a plus 124 underdog. And if you're taking a look at Houston, it's anywhere between minus 124 and minus 140 with 8.5 your total. Over it's anywhere between minus 115 and minus 125. The under is anywhere between minus 105 and plus 105. And when it comes to the total, do you mind setting it at an 8.3? I am going to be taking a look at the under end with the Astros. Set them as a minus 153. This Astros team is just a freight train right now. And they have been by far the best team 
to the under, both at home and on the road, which you know, everybody far the best under team out there in all baseball. Now, Urikidi is posting up a 480 ERA. He has given up 1.6 home runs per nine innings, but he also does a good job of just not allowing a lot of walks. 1.4 walks per nine innings. You take a look at Urikidi, home and road, and he certainly has had his issues away from home thus far this season. A 709 ERA on the road. You take a look at the 2021 season, and it was a little bit less demonstrative. 335 home ERA. 386 or ODR, and he's going up against the Kansas City Royals team that they've been able to do a little bit more on offense recently, but I do think that there is regression coming in, especially for a team that they just don't have a lot of power in general. 35 home runs in 49 games thus far this season, and you just take a look at the meat of this lineup. You've got Bobby Witt Jr., Nicky Lopez, Whit Merrifield, Ryan O'Hearn, Salvador Perez, all hitting a 227 or lower, and for Perez, a buck 87 ERA after he had 48 home runs last season. This includes a IL sin. He's got six this season. Carlos Santana has been the biggest hot mess in baseball this season. He's hitting a buck 61. Why he's been getting at bats, I have absolutely no idea. Now, Andrew Benatendi sitting at 337. And Hunter five home runs, hitting at 275. He's been able to do a solid job, but this has been a really bad lineup. And for the Royals, the reason why they've been playing quite a few overs is because this has been a bullpen that has been a hot mess. Now, I do think that Josh Jamon is going to be able to improve. He's got right around a 4-ish ERA. You have seen a couple guys wind up coming into the fold for the seam, like Jose Cuas and Scott Barlow as a sub-2 ERA. So I do think that that's going to improve a little bit. But for the Astros, I don't think that they're going to be able to maintain the number one bullpen ERA if they're in the big leagues. But it's been solid. Rafael Montero, a sub-1 ERA. Ryan Sanek is right around a 1 ERA. Blake Taylor has been a little bit up and down for the seam. But Brian Abreu has been able to give you some good innings. Ryan Presley, he's off the injured list. He's a very good closer for the seam. And for the Houston Astros... You've got all sorts of power when it comes to this lineup as Jeremy Pena has been able to do a nice job for the team. He, Jose Altuve, you're able to throw in there. Jordan Alvarez are all hitting at least a 270 with Alvarez. 14 home runs, Altuve 10, Pena 8. So it's been really tremendous to take a look there. You've got Kyle Tucker has got right around a 340 on base. He's been able to do a solid job there. Michael Brantley sitting at 270. And then you do take a look at the flip side for the Kansas City Royals and Brady Singer. He's actually been able to do a solid job since he wound up getting sent down to the minors in his last three starts. He has given up a combined three runs, three walks, and one home run in the time span over the course of 19 and two-thirds innings. So certainly been able to do nice work, and his strikeout numbers are actually up as well. So I do feel a little bit better about Brady Singer. I think that he's going to come in, do a solid job. Can't trust in the bullpen from there, though. So as a result, looking at the Astros on the money line and setting my total at 8.3, looking under 927-928 on the bank, where the Oakland A's going to be playing also the Boston Red Sox. Nathan Eovaldi is going to be going for the Sox, and James Caprillion is going to be on the bump for the A's. The A's are finding themselves in under of any team plus 140 plus 143 with Boston and team minus 151 and minus 160 is your price with your total seven over any routine minus 120 minus 125 under any between even a plus 105 and with Oakland I needed at least a plus 132 to be able to take a shot so I'm going to be one to ride with it now with Boston the offense is really starting to pick it up for this team as you've got your three mashers out there that have been able to do the great job all season long in JD Martinez Rafael Devers and Xander Bogarts all hitting at least a 323 you've got 11 home runs off of Devers thus far this season. All three guys, at least 23 RBI. And Christian Vasquez has been able to step up for the team as well. Prior to Vasquez being able to step up, you didn't have a single guy that was within 75 points of their batting average, but is that leading at 290 for the seam? You could use a little bit more out of some of the ancillary pieces. Jackie Bradley Jr., Trevor Story in recent days. Both of these guys have been hitting north of a 275 over, I would say, the last 15 days. And Story, he's been able to give you like eight home runs over the last three weeks. So that has been helpful. Kike Hernandez has been able to go deep a couple times as well. But certainly you could use a little bit more there. And with the Boston Red Sox, 
Bullpen has not been good for the team. Matt Barnes is now on the injured list. He had a north of 5 ERA. Ryan Brazier, he's right now got an ERA that's right around a 571. Jake Diekman has been a little bit up and down. Austin Barnes has actually been one of your main constants. He and Tyler Danish have been okay. Danish right around a 340 ERA. Davis, a sub-2 ERA, but that's been a little bit of an issue ever since Garrett Woodlock became a starter. And for the Oakland A's, Danny Jimenez all of a sudden has not been able to find it. He wound up giving up quite a few runs in the team's previous series. But you still take a look at Sam Mall along with A.J. Puck. Both of these guys have come in, and they've been able to do solid work. Puck with right around a buck 29 ERA. Mall a 104 ERA. And now reinforcements are on the way. Sam Selman is someone that is starting to see a couple of appearances for the team. Domingo Acevedo has been able to give you a sub-3 ERA as well. So still has some relatively solid parts. The big thing for the A's is they've got to get the offense going. This is a team that, as a collective, they're hitting a 212. That is by far the lowest amount out there in the big leagues. And just 34 home runs. They don't have a single guy to be able to give you more than five home runs. Chad Pinder, Seth Brown, Sean Murphy, all these guys are in that fold. And just take a look at it. You've got one guy that's currently hitting above a 252, and that would be Luis Barrera, who's only seen 55 at-bats as far this season. Elvis Andrews is starting to pick it up. He's hitting a 247 overall for the season, but he's one of the most unlucky hitters in the big leagues last season. You take a look at what he's been able to do over the last 30 days. He's hitting right around 300, so he's been able to pick it up a tad for this team. But I do take a look at the Oakland A's. I do think that James Caprillion could be able to come in, and it's going to be able to hold down the four for this team. Wound up having a cataclysmically bad first start of the season, which you wound up giving up four runs to two innings to the Cleveland Guardians ever since then. He's been posting up more around a 4-ish ERA in last season at home. His ERA was hovering right around a 3-4. And for Nathan Evaldi, this is someone that has been giving up the deep ball a lot. It's actually a 3 ERA this season on the road, but you take a look at 2021. He had a 421 road ERA. Gave up 9 home runs at 68 in the third innings compared to 6 bombs and 114 innings at home now. This season, he wound up having that 5 home runs in an inning game. That was not necessarily too terrific, but Bowden's starting about a 250 off of him. I certainly think that he's going to see regression from the fact that he's giving up darn near three home runs per nine innings, but certainly has been giving up the deep ball a little bit, so I'm willing to trust in the Oakland A's at a plus price on the road, especially with the Boston Red Sox having to travel out to the West Coast for a little bit of a night game, so going to be taking a look at the A's. Semi-total at an 8.1. I do recognize that the Marine layer could be out there in Oakland, but that said, this is the Boston Red Sox team with a bad bullpen, but a relatively solid lineup, so looking over and looking A's, and wrap things up with 929. 930 on the bank board. The LA Angels are going to be in the road face-off against the Philadelphia Phillies. As right now, ESPN is saying Zach Eflin is going to be the starter. Betting board says to be determined, so this is a game that's off the board. And Chase Silseth going to be going for the Angels. I wound up saying my number in this spot with the Angels being a plus 129 underdog, minus 129 on the Phillies with Eflin on the mound. And set my total at an 8.7, which means in effort less looking over a 9 or higher to the under with Eflin. I feel like he's gotten a little bit of slander that he doesn't deserve. The 460 ERA is not terrific, but he's given up right around 1.8 walks per 9 innings. His home runs per 9 rate is right around a 1-ish. He's probably been the victim of a little bit of bad luck to this point as opponents are a right around a 261 off of him. He has been able to do a very solid job at home as well. Buck 57 home area across four starts. His swing and miss stuff has been there at home. He's getting right around a strikeout per inning. And Chase Silseth, this is a guy that was pitching for Arizona out there in college baseball last season. And he had right around a 5 ERA while he was at Arizona. Now, first few starts in the big league bubble have been relatively solid. He's given up a combined 5 runs and 14 
14 and two-thirds innings, but two of those starts wound up coming up against the Oakland A's, who is right now the worst offense out there in the big leagues. He's given up six walks in 14 and two-thirds innings, and there's just no bullpen that is backing up the seam, and on top of that, they wound up having a doubleheader yesterday. Ryan Tapera along there on loop. Both of these guys have north of a four ERA. Jimmy Hergut, who's really been the guy that's been able to give the seam multiple innings. He got used for 20 pitches yesterday over Ortega, who's been relatively decent. He wound up getting used up yesterday, so that's an issue. Now, you do take a look at the Angels, and you've got Taylor Ward, Scott Ryder on a 350 on base, double-digit amount of former season, been terrific. you got Joey Otani and Mike Trout. Both of these guys have really been able to come to the forefront with regards to their bats as well. These two guys, I believe, have a combined 24 home runs this season. Trout right around a 400 on base, and then Jared Walsh is hitting about a 250. Luis Arnifo, Brandon Marsh, they're both hitting between a 270 to a 275, and for Walsh, 10 home runs, but you do take a look at what you're able to get out of the Philadelphia Phillies, and you've got a pair of guys with a double-digit amount of bombs as well. That'd be Kyle Schwarber, coupled with Bryce Harper, a combined 22 home runs. Now, Schwarber needs to pick it up with the 192 average, but a 315 on base. Harper, he hitting a 300 and then got quite a few guys behind them that have been able to do a solid job especially towards the bottom of the lineup. Gene Segura, Odubo Herrera, Alec Bohm, all these guys hitting between a 263 to a 275. Nick Cassianis has been able to right around 255. JT Riumito just a little bit below that. But for both of these teams, the bullpen is an issue for the Philadelphia Phillies. Brad and along Corey Knebel are relatively trustworthy guys, but Christopher Sanchez, James Norwood, guys like this, not necessarily been too terrific. Though I will say Andrew Bellotti has actually been able to do a halfway decent job for this team. So in this spot, set the Phillies as a minus 129 favorite and in for less looking over nine or higher to the under. And that will wrap things up for the Friday edition of the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Vison Family Podcast. Big thanks to Joe Ingalls doing a great job over there at Covers. He joined me in the last segment. If you do like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, the Baseball Betting Show, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment, idea, whatever you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GUNIT underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters EM. They mean does not matter, so as per usual, please send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. That's why that five-star review coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season, and that means I am coming at you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Dare. 
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more.